Are you ready to open your private practice this summer and make the leap into entrepreneurship? Introducing Make the Leap, our new offering by the Successful Nurse Coaches. Make the Leap is a four-month group coaching program that is designed to help you create your first paid client. Join our experienced lead coaches, Sean and Amy, as they guide you through the Successful Nurse Coach Method, helping you create your first paid client in 30 days or less. Not only will you get access to our course that teaches you all the things on how to create clients in a non-icky way, will also be personalized mentorship, weekly group calls, and actionable steps to launch your business from just beginning into the Paid Coach Club. Since we are not running new mentorship groups this summer, we didn't want to leave those of you who are ready to begin hanging out in space waiting for the next group to start. This group is a great way for new coaches who have yet to begin their coaching practice or for coaches who have five paid clients or less. This is the most affordable way to work with our team. So be sure to check out the link in the bio. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook. Welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. On this podcast, Laura and Shelby, both board-certified nurse coaches, show you how to make as much money as you want in private practice as a nurse coach. Welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. Today is Shelby and Laura, and we're going to talk about what your brand of resistance is. But before we dive into that, if you head over to our Facebook group, you'll see this post that I did and you can see in real time what nurse coaches resistance is. And we've kind of dialed it down to the ones we see most common and also from that post. And we're going to ask you as you listen to this podcast to think about what your particular brand is. What is the what is the kind of resistance that you most react to? Because I think everybody's a little bit different. Um, and also mark your calendars for 10, 13 next month. I'm doing a nurse coaching and spirituality workshop. We would love to see you there. All right, Shelby, what the hell is resistance? <laughs> what is it? We've gotten on this kick lately to where we're like, let's just start out elementary style and define all of the words <laughs> that yes. we need so that we can be on the same page here. So if you notice that trend, it's on purpose. But resistance, the textbook definition, which I find actually kind of aggressive, if I'm being honest, but it's just (laughs) very direct. Uh, It's the refusal to accept or comply with something, the attempt to prevent something by action or by argument. Mm. And I... I actually kind of love how direct this is because we're just going to call it what it is, right? It's the reason that you don't want to do the thing. It can be real. It can be made up. It can be rooted in mindset. It can be rooted in subconscious beliefs, or it can actually be very real and very tangible. Um, But this is something that every single, this is why coaches get paid, right? (laughs) Like why, you know, this is, this is why you're going to get paid because you're not only going to become a resistance ninja for your own stories. but you're going to also become a resistance ninja for your clients as yeah. well. So like um, this is, again, we're here to normalize the mental gymnastics that come along with all of us. And this is just a really big piece of it. Right. Yeah. It. 
as I like heard you describe that definition, this is the the picture that came to mind is like, I remember every time I go to the chiropractor, it 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 takes a lot of work neck. And it takes up, there's like parts of me that are just always tight because I'm in some type of resistance. But I remember doing a fast and I had been adjusted on day three of a fast and he adjusted me effortlessly. There was no resistance in my body. Like it just, he went Mm -hmm. to move my neck and it moved and he moved my back and it moved. And I remember him saying that, gosh, you're adjusting so beautifully. There's just no resistance. And it's like that physical manifestation of us trying to control of bracing of uh, coming from a place of fear usually um so this is like very real it's not it's not imagined it is it's psychological it's emotional and it's physical and i know that for a lot of these that we're going to talk about they manifest for you guys physically it's not uh just you know a thought that you can change it's it's the way that you've moved in the world for long periods of time mhm mhm I actually just wrapped up a mentorship call this morning where we were talking literally about the physical manifestation of a client's resistance. And just know that if you are, I think that we kind of have a leg up because we coach coaches, right? Of like people, you know, a lot of coaches are aware of their own resistance. Um, But if you're coaching a regular Joe and this is their first experience with personal development, to proceed with a lot of permission and ask a lot of permission and coaching around resistance because they might not have the framework of what resistance is or how it's showing up in their life. Uh, but I was coaching a client today around just this. She she tweaked her back last week and she went through all the phases of being angry and then that made her angry at her business. And then all, we make it mean all these things and uh, we coach through the lens of upper limiting, right? Of like, mm-hmm. what if we just played, right? Like, what if this was a way... Um, that you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot here. And she was really open to it. And it, it, that led to a few other insights. But um, I mean, the back pain is really real, right? She's not yeah. making that up. It's it's totally, she she hasn't been able to stand up straight in three days. And also being able to come at it from a lens of, uh, if we play in this world where your mind has a lot of power here, like, is there any way to like loosen and open yeah. up other doorways uh, in that department so that we can heal and recover quicker? Um, so I think that, again, proceeding with a lot of nuance here that resistance can be so real. And I can think of times in my own journey where it has been so real and I just didn't have any capacity to care about yes. changing it. And there have been also some times where I've made up silly stories in my head and it's just been like a light, a light switch goes off and then I never struggle <laughs> with that right. resistance ever my again. Favorite. So, oh man, it's like freaking, you're on the pursuit of the next high with those. You're like, oh, oh yeah. sometimes, sometimes change can be so easy and sometimes I have to get in a brawl with myself over it. Yeah. It's super sneaky too. This is, I'll tell one more personal story before we, we'll, we'll go in and, and talk about what our personal brands of resistance are. We did this on our master's call, which was really cool. But I remember sitting in my office of my private practice, talking to my coach. And I said to her, I can't, I'm, I have an in-person practice. I can't charge more because I'm in person. Like you can charge more if you're online, but like people aren't going to pay me $300 an hour when I'm in an office building with like other professionals that charge $100 an hour. 
She's like, oh, yeah, no, they will. That's all made up. Like, you just made that up. <laughs> it was so interesting. Like, these, it's it, subconsciously, we have all these, these beliefs that create resistance and they're just made up. And if they're not challenged, how do we even know that they're made up? That seemed, uh, that's, I, I was so shocked that she told me that I made that up because I was, I was sure I was right. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, I bet we have a million stories to prove this point. But yeah. again, this is why coaches are paid, right? I, I am obsessed with like the way our subconscious fucks with our everyday life lately. Yeah. Like it's been it's been my thing. Um, but you have these subconscious beliefs that are formed when you're very young. They're formed not by you, but by society, by your parents, by all these things. And then the those beliefs, sometimes true, sometimes not true. They build the foundation for your thoughts and the thoughts build the foundation for your feelings and the, your feelings put the foundation for your action. And so like it's all and if we're building on a cracked foundation or something that's not in service to us, especially as a coach and an entrepreneur, then we have to like get very curious about that. We got to climb yes. the ladder back down through the house to be like, where did that come from? Why do I think that? Is it true still? Like, right. It's it's um, this can be a part of the deep inner work we get to do in the mentorship yeah. as well. Yeah, we we were talking about how these beliefs that we have, like any belief that I have now as a human being, this is part of my document, is that I'm strongly convicted but loosely attached. So that whatever my current belief of the day is or belief of the year is, like I I am convicted, it's clear, I communicate it clearly, I communicate it with confidence, and I reserve the right to change my mind on a dime. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that came from going and deprogramming because I don't I don't want to, I want to, I want to build a foundation that I can swap out walls and swap out beliefs without having to break everything down. And that one really helps me. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's true. And I also think that like acknowledging that your way of being resistance included has served you up until today. Yeah. It got you here. There's a lot of gratitude to be had for this, right? A lot of resistance is coping mechanisms and um, healthy or not healthy. And if you're being invited to shift or reevaluate, like we can have a lot of appreciation and gratitude for like, you got me here. Thank you yeah. so much. This doesn't serve where I want to go next. Um, so I'm going to like work on breaking down this, this part of my psyche so that there's, there's room for more expansive things on the horizon. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Awesome. What is your current brand of resistance? Shelby? like, what is a, uh, and then we talked about mm. it earlier this week. But. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think mostly in relation to, so I put this thing, y'all, I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast yet. I'm looking at my goals. They're right off, off camera, but there's a goal on there that is to define and embrace CEO mindset. And I still kind of regret putting this on my list of goals because this has been a hard goal to just, I didn't have any more detail than that when I wrote it down. And it's just brought in a lot of lessons this year. And I am a person that naturally avoids conflict. Um, I like to people please, or I used to like to people please. And, and especially in developing this new skill, I noticed that those old habits, old tendencies are kind of like taking a resurgence. Um, and my, my uh, brand of resistance lately in cultivating that skill through and through has just been like through the lens of I don't know what I'm doing. 
So like imposter syndrome. Uh, and then also the like, I'm fine. Kind of like leaning into overwhelm of like, I don't know what to do. So I'm just not going to do anything at all. And like, yeah. I just need time to think about it. Even though like, if you ask me a yes or no question, I could give you the answer right then yeah. and there. Um, and this is honestly not something that I, I thought I would ever have to like learn or whatever. But um, just as we continue down this road of being partners and growing and expanding and all these different ideas, um, this one's been really challenging for me. Like I've cried a lot of tears this year over, yeah. over that one. For sure. That's good. I could totally yeah. just say ditto and we could make it a shorter podcast. <laughs> well, what, what's a different, what's a different brand of resistance you, you're wrestling? Uh, I mean, as a creator, I don't want to put something out into the world if I'm, if I'm not certain that it solves that problem the best. So uh, it's mm. super similar to just starting your nurse coaching practice and feeling like if you wanted to be a nervous system regulation coach and, but you see you at your Instagram feed is filled with people for, that's been doing it for five years. It's the thought of like, well, why should I create it? It's already been done and it's been done better. And it's some version of that. That's just a, a different flavor, but that's the essence of it. So it's, uh, what that does for me in creation is it makes it not fun, right? Cause it's mm -hmm. not coming from a place of flow. It's coming from a place of mm, conditional. Yeah. Yeah. But even as I talk it out, I can get out of that, that it's just, uh, mm -hmm. I can get out of that phase and get back into flow, but that tends to want to be my state if I'm not highly intentional. So it's, it's, I have to like watch my thoughts or that one sneaks in as a, a program running in the back of my mind that I can get unaware of. Yeah. Yeah. Good news here, team, is that you get better at managing your thoughts as you travel down <laughs> <laughs> this this roller coaster um to where in the beginning it just feels like you're so out of control uh but you do you can pull yourself out i also kind of get frustrated with this of like i know better i know better than this thought yet mm. here it is again like it's it can be frustrating at times and i just want to invite folks to take a break from policing your thoughts all the time because yes in and of itself yeah, yeah. just because you know doesn't mean they go away like ever right because we're human right. beings but we get to choose our reaction and the amount of time we get we suffer so like the amount of time that it impacts my day-to-day -day life is so small because the minute that i feel not good i'm curious and go and like figure out why <laughs> yeah my tolerance for not feeling good is so low, man. As soon as soon as I'm not feeling good, I'm like, I have 15 coaches on standby. And I'm like, light it up, get on all the calendars, do all the things. I want to feel better. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. This is true. Um, so we're going to just give you kind of like, I, I don't know how many we have here. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We have like nine ones that were said by multiple people we're going to talk about to see if if any of these resonate with you guys. And then we're also going to talk about how to discern if something is resistance or if it's actual self-care. And we'll we'll go more into how people get hung up on this one, especially when you're starting your practice, especially when you're working and doing all the things and wanting to do self-care. And it's like that could be huge is, is how to discern if you're in resistance or if you're actually just needing to take care of yourself and, and do nothing. Mm -hmm. So we'll, mm -hmm. we'll end there, but we're going to talk about these 
these familiar brands of resistance that you may or may not be experiencing right now. Yeah. Yeah. And this can be helpful too, of like getting really familiar with your own. So if we mention one of these and you're like, oh yeah, that's me. Like be curious about that because it is very likely that your brand of resistance will mirror your future client's brand of resistance as yeah. well. So the better you get at supporting yourself and loving yourself through all of these things, um, just the 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 deeper container you can bring to the the table with with yeah. your clients. Um, all right, this one is probably going to hit everybody listening to this podcast, but feeling overwhelmed with all and of the, the things. Spoiler alert: Our next podcast is already recorded, and that's what it's about because it's the yeah. biggest one. So that's next week. We're not going to go too deep into it now, but yeah, overwhelm. Mm -hmm. I'm so overwhelmed. I have so much going on. Like, right? Mm -hmm. Like that would be the 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 way that it presents. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to just leave it there and just let you guys tune in next week. Leave you on a bit of a cliffhanger. But being overwhelmed, number one common thing I can think of any niche. Ever from high achieving performers to stay at home moms to working professionals to um, all of them, everyone is overwhelmed. Everyone. Yes. So, um, and also, too, I don't know if you talked about this in the podcast for next week, Laura. I think that um, we get really used, used, we get really, yeah, that's the word I want to use. We get used to being overwhelmed. Uh, yeah. So, whenever we have opportunities to, slow down and to not be overwhelmed or to offload, we default into being overwhelmed. And so you just like Correct. put more stuff on your plate, right? So um that it's it's tricky. It's tricky that way. Your system is used to the overwhelm. It's not used mm -hmm. to everything else. And it can be scary. It can. It can. That I spent most of my life overwhelmed. And I'm not that overwhelmed in this moment, and I should be in this moment. So it, I think that uh, like what I'm living right now with this move is a testament to uh, oh, bust out of its gate this morning when I wasn't at the farm and my dog attacked it, and I still made it to work on time. And I'm not tripping mm -hmm. out. I threw some betadine on him. Vets coming later. I'm not I'm not overwhelmed. Um, I think that also overwhelm is really insidious when we're trying to create a bigger life because our subconscious thinks that if I want to build a bigger life and have all these things and achieve my dreams, it's just going to be so much more and be so overwhelmed. Mm. So it, oh, it's gosh. like an upper limiter. Yeah. That one gets me good of like um, that more comes at a bigger cost. And of course, when I sit with it, I'm like, that's not true. It's not true. Um, if we equate it to working like at the hospital or working in a clinic, if you do work more, you're like trading time for more money, right? So there right. is a sense of overwhelm. There is an actual less bandwidth of time that you have for yourself in that dynamic. And so in entrepreneurship, that's not always the case. Um, there's there's way more room to play um, under under this umbrella. But I man, conditioning... <sighs> She's a bitch sometimes. Man. <laughs> I didn't get a say in any of this stuff. Now it's just here and I have to work with it. Um, so yeah, more does not always come at a greater cost from yeah. This is like sisters or cousins with the next one, which is I don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I we were when we were writing out these things, I think that there's kind of like two categories of folks that don't have enough time. Right. There's people who are that like actually don't have the time. Right. They're working like six days a week. (laughs) They have four kids. They got their homeschooling somehow like they are maxed in all of the ways. And so whenever we sit down with them to be like, all right, where does the private practice fit in here? Right. Something has to move for your practice to fit in here because it can't, right? There is actually yeah. not enough time. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you have enough time to bring in this project when you don't currently. Yeah. Um, and then there's this other bucket of folks that um, do have the time. It just feels like they don't have the time. Correct. And yeah. that that is where... Um, some mindset work can really be supportive here because it's like, well, what are you actually spending all of your time on? Um, I had a coach one time, she gave me an exercise. I've made some of my clients do this. We track your time for three days and every 15 minutes, you write down what you do from when you wake up to when you go to bed. And she was having me do that exercise to see what I should and shouldn't be spending my time on in the, in the sense of like delegation of like more time yeah. is worth x amount of dollars it's it behooves you to offload this these things these things that i was gripping too tightly um but i've had clients do this before and either like we get to the point of like there's actually not time we fall back into the first bucket or we see that we're just wasting so much time doing like spinning our wheels of scrolling social media of trying to figure out what to do next or co- playing the comparison game so there's two sides of this coin I want to mention. Right. Yeah. The the first one, that first bucket, which I would say we have a subset of, of clients in this and lots of uh, nurse coaches who've graduated who want a private practice, but haven't started yet. And it, it's, it is, they work full-time, they have a family, they have all these responsibilities. And the truth is that you have to either eliminate, delegate, or automate. And you do have to create time and a coach can help you with that too. Like that's the cool Mm -hmm. thing is we can help you with mindset, but a lot of times somebody giving you, putting a mirror in front of you and your life and asking you what's really, really important can, uh, you know, we've had nurse coaches stop homeschooling and put their kids in school. And that was a really big emotional experience for them. And it ended up being amazing and working out like it was better than it could be imagined. So even just learning where your limitations are in your brain and somebody saying they aren't actually limitations, they're choices. And is this the, is your current life the way that it is the actual choice that you want to make? Or is it the default choice with your time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Ooh. Okay. I think we have another episode on this one. Imposter syndrome. Oh Yeah. We, yeah, we go deep. We go deep on this one. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, scroll back through the archives here and find the deep dive on imposter syndrome. But I just want to mention this uh, quickly. It's where if you're experiencing imposter syndrome, like you're not, you're not alone. Everyone experiences this in some way, shape, or form. And I also like to offer that if you feel like an imposter, then you're on the right track. Yes. Right? Like your your old set of beliefs are like, who is that girl? Come back here. Like, who do you think you are? Get back over here, back in the box where I'm comfortable with you being. And if you're over here, that means you're outside of your comfort zone. You're outside of the zone of comfort box, if you will. So um, yeah, if you're experiencing imposter syndrome, that means that 
a version of your previous identity is um, being released and you are stepping in to to the new the new version of you, which is kind of cool. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if you don't feel like an imposter, what are we doing? You know, like <laughs> it, it's like it is. It's like a North Star. That's so great. If you look at it as like a positive, it's like, oh, I feel so deeply uncomfortable. And I, Lauren Shelby said, I'm right where I need to be. Like, yay, gold, gold star for today. Yeah. Uh, do you remember that video I sent you once on, on Instagram that was like, whenever you're talking to your entrepreneur friends and they're talking about like, I'm just really in a season of being in a dark night of the soul and it's awesome. And I, <laughs> I'm learning so much from all of my pain right now. And it's just teaching me so much. Like, we sound a little cuckoo and like, I get that. I get that. But I mean, it's true, right? I think that if you want a life that most people don't have, you have to be willing to do things most people won't do. And this is, <laughs> yeah. this is a part of it. This is a part. Yeah. Of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, this next one is, I would say this is probably number two. Uh, and it is lack of clarity, or I'm not sure what to do or how to do it. So uh, I've heard a coach say when someone says, well, I just, but I don't know how, like, I don't know how is a really sneaky version of resistance because most things are figure outable, right? Like if it's lack of mm -hmm. education or know-how, that is a solvable problem because we have the internet. That is a solvable problem because YouTube exists. There is very yeah. few things, including coaching. Like theoretically, you could never take a coaching certification or a class and learn how to coach through YouTube. Like you could. I don't mm -hmm. recommend it. We don't recommend that. <laughs> yeah. um, but the the I don't know what to do can be uh, where a lot of people get stuck. I don't know what to do, so I don't do anything. Right. Right. I did an exercise this week with some of our master's clients and I had them take three minutes and like brain dump. What do they want support on? What's coming up for them? And then I had them review that list and go back and be like, what do you already actually have the answer to? What do you already know how to do? And then like, tell me, tell me your insight here. And a lot of the insight was like, I know how to do most of the things on this list. I just wanted to be validated in my feelings and emotions about it. Oh, yeah. And so I think that this wraps back around to the game of being seen and heard, right? Of like, I just want to be told that I'm okay. I just want to be told that I'm normal. I just want to be told that I'm not doing anything wrong. And um, like coaching containers can be really great for that. But I think even as coaches, we have to also encourage the ability for our clients to cultivate the skill of figuring it out themselves yes. too, right? And not becoming the Google machine. Um, so just wanted to offer that as well of like there, if you're getting asked how, how do I do this? How do I count macros? How do I make sure I'm working out enough? How do I, whatever, um, your clients can Google most of that. They can read a book about right. it. They can listen to a podcast about it. Like we're more interested in the deeper, soupier stuff. Yeah. Um, and and same if you're not in a coaching container right now. Like, what information do you do you need? And then go find it. It's it's you can you can find it. I know you can. Yeah, that uh, actually we have a lot of clients who take nutrition courses because they want to learn everything about nutrition so that they can tell their clients like what to eat. And I don't know how useful that is as a coach unless you're you're offering like a course to teach it because we want our clients, we want to empower our clients 
to not have to be told what to do. Now that's consulting. There's nothing wrong with that. And you can do some consulting. But I thought what coaching was when I first started was that I just tell everybody how to live their lives because I knew I knew what was best, right? Like, <laughs> And they just yeah. listened to me and then their lives would magically get better and I'd feel good and they'd feel good. And boy, was I in for a rude awakening when I realized that's not what we do as coaches. Like we do, that coaching is not telling somebody what to do. Consulting mm-hmm. is telling somebody what to do. Um, there's room for some of that in your practice, but we we really see our clients as capable and lack of information is not the reason why people don't have the life that they want. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Mm. I feel like we could talk about that one for a long time, but we for, could. For, <laughs> for the sake of everybody's uh, everyone's morning here, uh, I want to move on to procrastination. Um mm. Of like, I know what I need to do, but I'm just not doing it. Mm, I have a bitty, pretty big personal trigger around procrastination. Like I would say early in my coaching career, I had very little empathy around people who were procrastinators. Uh, it kind of drove me crazy because I'm like, why? I don't understand. If you know what you need to do, why won't you just do it? Like obviously the pain of not doing anything at all must be bigger than the pain of doing the thing. And that is not the truth, I think. Um what I've learned about procrastination since then is that usually people are not procrastinating the task. They're procrastinating or avoiding the feeling associated with the task Yeah, of like this doing this thing is going to make me feel vulnerable or it's going to make me feel new or I'm not going to feel um, like thinking of like going to the gym for the first time. I'm not going to know how to use the machine. So I'm just not going to go. Like it's like that, that feeling is such a big uh, or creates such a big response in, in, yeah. uh, that it's just easier not to, right? Uh, so if you were like me, man, I, I would be so salty around people who just wouldn't do it. It would drive me crazy and keep me up at night. So if you need, that's how I created more empathy around it because that I can be more present with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's so interesting because I still think I have some version of that as well. And it just reminds me to get a little bit more curious. Uh, like going to the, I haven't been afraid to go to the gym since I was 12 because I learned how to do it at 12. So even just you saying that it like, it doesn't even compute that you could procrastinate that and that be a reason. And that just shows like my own bias and my own lens. Mm -hmm. So even when you are coaching people through procrastination, like knowing where your own biases and your lenses are, like you just described is so helpful and getting super, super curious also, we make up a lot of stories about what doing this thing is going to feel like, look like, and happen. Like, <laughs> yes. Right? Like, yes. especially like a post, doing your coming out post. I'm going to, I don't want to, like, I'm procrastinating to my coming out post because I'm afraid that my ex-boyfriend from three years ago is going to think blah, blah, blah. Or like, there's so many layers to it yeah. that we just don't do it. And it's like getting super curious of why, why this 10-minute task is on your to-do list for three months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I think that there's a part of it of like, you got to get to the insight of it and be like, Ooh, I'm afraid that my ex-boyfriend's going to see this and think things about me. And then you just kind of got to do it anyway. Right. Right. So we, we get to arrive to satisfy the curiosity. And then there's a, a lot of times where there's nothing to do with that insight. Right. right. We just get to connect the dots and then we have to move forward anyway. Um, I have a hundred stories of people being like, 
I don't know why I waited so long to do that thing. It did. Oh, yeah. Wasn't as scary as I thought. And you're like, dude, I know. I've been telling you that for months. <laughs> um, so yeah, and it's um, it's decisional silly. procrastination is huge too. Like I, I'm trying. I can't decide what my that the name of my coaching business is going to be. Like I've had people not start things because they're not sure what that they want the name of their business to be for months. Even um, like, so we'll find like that's resistance, right? The brain's like, oh, I'm going to get her hung up on this. I'm going to give her like, we have these two ideas and I'm going to, my brand of resistance will be not letting her pick one of them so that we don't have to Mm -hmm. feel X, Y, Z. And we don't have to, Mm -hmm. we can stay safe. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Ooh, the next one here is one that I have been in the weeds with the, I'm too tired. I'm too yeah. tired. This is this is another one to where it can be really real. Uh, like I legitimately did not sleep more than 45 minutes um, for the past three weeks overnight. And I just like noticed myself becoming a shell of a human. It was really hard for me to care about anything. It was really hard for me to to muster the motivation. I was telling my group this morning that like I've really been having to scrape the sides of enth- like my own own creative enthusiasm to show up for life the past three weeks because it's been so challenging um also i think that if being tired keeps you from taking action that you're just gonna keep being tired and that's a really good reason to not do the thing um so i had a coach or my first business coach she used to say things like that with physical ailments of like if you're too tired to do the thing just try it and then if you're still too tired afterwards then like we know and if you're not tired afterwards and you have energy afterwards and we know it was resistance. Yeah. Kind of just like follow through on it regardless. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, I so resonate with the, I'm too tired from the, the chronic illness perspective, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. um, having chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia, like these diagnoses where if I did exert, I paid for it still yeah. to this day. I, like the aversion to working out can manifest as a fear of being tired tomorrow. And it's not even real for me anymore. So we, and a lot of people in our community are chronic illness survivors. They're currently working on their health. That's how they got to nurse coaching. So I think um, with, we'll, we'll talk about this at the very end of the podcast, but the I'm too tired yeah. or having physical reasons as uh, the resistance point, like don't do this one alone. Like don't navigate this neighborhood in the dark with just your flashlight, like invite someone else because this is super tangly. There's, there's probably, there's even nervous system things that are in place and just having someone help you discern like if it's real or not real when it comes to like physical illness or always being tired or, or chronic illness. Um, Yeah, totally. That's a spooky neighborhood not to be walked alone. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, oh man. It, and it's just so hard whenever you're tired, hungry, or in pain, it is so hard. I was saying again this morning, it's hard to be a visionary and to be any three of those things or any one of yes. those three things. Uh, it's hard to hold both. And sometimes you just got to like hold on by your fingernails. And sometimes you take a nap and sometimes you say, fuck it and do it anyway. Like there's not a one size fit all approach yeah. to this at all. Um, like if Laura would have looked at me last week and been like, Shelby, you got to like do more. I would have just been like, I don't have it. Like I just genuinely <laughs> don't have it. I need a nap. 
I need a nap that won't even touch my fatigue. Um, but today I'm feeling better. I feel way more like myself after after a good a few hour stretch. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's a mess that I'm too tired one. It is. Uh, next one is analysis paralysis. So for those of you that are hyper intellectual, that I'll give you an example of this. This drives me crazy. Anytime my husband asks me if I want to watch a movie, I immediately shut down because I know what will happen. He will go to Netflix and he he needs to analyze what the best next show is for us to watch together. And it's it takes too long. And so I'm just like, no, I'm going to watch my own. Like, we don't even really watch movies. It has to be like pre-planned and just go on to the TV. And then that's a, that's a funny example. But analysis paralysis of you've got so many choices that you feel aimless. And then when you feel aimless, it's really hard to make decisions and move forward. Mm-hmm. But this is a, a form of resistance as well. So if you find yourself in that state of, I don't know, should I go back to NP school? Should I go to nurse coaching? Should I become a nurse coach? Should I do this? Should I go to... Like that might just be your way of not having to make a decision of staying in that state. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Not making a decision is a decision. Is making it. Yeah. 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 I also want to plug human design here for like a hot second of if you don't know how you make important decisions of like when I ask the question, how have you made important decisions in the past or how did you know what the next right move is? Like what's the last decision you made that you felt really good about? you're struggling. Um, Human design can be helpful here of like, Mm -hmm. for Laura and I, we can make decisions in the moment. Like if you ask me a yes, no question right now, I will be able to tell you what my answer is right now. That might be different tomorrow or the next day, but for right now, I can give you you my correct answer. Um, My husband cannot. He has to wait until he makes a decision. And boy, isn't that a fun dynamic in in marriage. (laughs) But it's also helpful for me to be aware of, of like, I can't come in hot with a lot of energy and be like, I need you to make a decision right here, right now. Cause he like can't, um, he usually will within a few days or a few weeks. Um, but also him knowing that I make decisions in the moment and like, I have a lot of energy in the moment. Uh, it, it can just be helpful to know if that, if you, if you want to yeah travel down a little bit of a rabbit hole there, um, that can be helpful to get a cheat code a little bit. Absolutely. And I think analysis paralysis also it can have hints of perfectionism tied to it as well. It's like mm-hmm. to to have the perfect thing. And so you're you're paralyzed over the small, tiny details. It doesn't have to be the large life decisions that are going in different directions. It could be um, whether to have your website be .com or .org and all the benefits. And then, you know, like it can be a, yeah. a micro decision as well that can, that can cause this. So .com, oh, by the way, that's usually it's .com. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just tell you it's .com. <laughs> uh, all right, team. Last couple of ones here of the comparison game of so-and-so's already done this. Why should I do it? Uh, or it's already, already been done. Um, there's too many coaches. There's too many nurse coaches. The market's saturated. Um, I'm never going to be good enough to stand out, blah, 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 blah. I'm here to tell you that there's not enough nurse coaches. There's like less than, I don't know what, 6,000 nurse coaches, maybe in the whole country, like maybe even way less than that. Um, there's not enough. If you think about 8 billion people being on the planet, we are one really, 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 really small group of people. Um, but I want to, mm, I think the comparison 
it kind of like ties into analysis paralysis and, and perfectionism. And I see people really get stuck here big time because then you get into your mind and then your mind is just going to yo-yo you around forever here. Right. If you don't, if you don't ever do anything to combat the comparison, or if you don't ever take any action to create a true story of like, you're always just going to be in this hypothetical land of comparison and it keeps yeah. stuck there. Yeah. I think uh, your birth order is important to notice here too. I, I just read this the other day that like um, middle kids usually have a stronger tendency to compare themselves to others because mm. they compare, right? Because in the family dynamic, there was somebody younger and there was somebody older. And there's these, these ways that you measured yourself that maybe if you were an only child or you were the oldest that you wouldn't have. This is where just being curious about your own um, foundation, your own belief systems, it helps. It just helps show you why comparison like you comparing yourselves to others holds you back. It's it's not going to yeah. make it easy. It doesn't make it go away. But just knowing like, oh, this is why I think this way. And this is why I tend to compare myself is because of X, Y, Z. I think that um, self-awareness helps so much in so much of this. And it also doesn't help in other parts. We still have to do the damn thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's like the feminine mm-hmm. and masculine. The masculine is like, you can figure out why you are the way you are and do it. Or you can just fucking do it. Like they both work. Um, yeah. And there's room for both. <laughs> yeah. There is room for both. There is room for both. Mm. Okay. All right. So now the question of the hour is to land on here. How to discern, is this resistance or is this self-care? Um, yeah. If you're one of our clients, I hear our clients sing this back all the time of being like, Shelby, I just don't know if this is resistance or it's real or, you know, like, and then, so now we make you aware of it and we potentially put another barrier between you and taking action of like, well, is this real or should I really take a nap or am I really tired? You can get to questioning yourself at nauseum, which also isn't, was, isn't helpful either. Uh, but we kind of have a, a quick check-in on a good question to ask here. Yeah. And this is the simplest, most black and white, easiest way that I know of for myself to test this. So let me give you an example of, uh, let's say my daughter's sick right now. Let's say my daughter was up all night, like Shelby's daughter is crying all night. We don't have enough sleep. And Shelby and I are supposed to work on marketing from 12 to two today. And my thoughts at 1130 are all, oh gosh, it'd be so great just to go to sleep, right? It'd be just so great to go to sleep. And then my other thought is, oh, is this resistance because I don't want to do marketing or is this actually me taking care of myself? And how do I, do I tell Shelby I want to take the time off? Do I, right? Or do I not work on my Mm -hmm. business or do I take a nap? And the question is, is when you think about taking a nap, does that come from a place of love for yourself or does it come from a place of fear of the other thing? If whatever the decision is that this comes from a place of love, is not resistance. Resistance does not come from love. It comes from fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't actually have anything to add <laughs> to that yeah. because uh, I think if we overthink it too much, um, it'll complicate the process. And this is where you get to trust your gut, trust your intuition. Yes. And if you notice that 
again, I think rewinding back to like the I'm too tired or fatigued or whatever. If you notice that this is coming up a lot for you, then maybe loop somebody, loop your coach in and be like, I'm tired every time I need to work on marketing. I'm tired every time I go to make a Facebook post. I get a headache every time oh, yeah. I sit down at my computer. Um, like there's there's room to trend and there's also room to just take a nap too. Yeah. You know, like there's both. There's both. Um, all right, team. Well, thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, this is this is always present in our coaching containers. This is why people loop us in. We are very familiar, very in tune with nurse coaches brands of resistance and how they evolve and change and all the different um, clothes they wear over, over the year of, because I think that they evolve as you grow bigger and have more capacity. They, they start to take on a little different look over time yeah, as well, which is also, Again, I'm salty about it. I'm like, can't we just solve this one problem and have it go away and never deal with it ever again? Yeah. Uh, but we are human. We are here for all of it. And that's just the way it is. Um, so come join us in the Facebook group. If you have thoughts, if you have questions, if you have um, anything that didn't sit right or you have more questions on, we're here for it in in the Facebook group about this podcast episode. And we'll be seeing you on October 13th for the spirituality and nurse coaching workshop um yeah come hang out thanks for tuning in we'll see you same time same place next week bye bye everybody